Greetings to all. It is a joy to have you join us for daily devotions brought to you by the Anglican Diocese of the Bahamas and the Turks and the Caicos Islands. I'm Father Ruel Strawn, the parish priest of St. Paul's Parish, South Long Island. Today is the feast of the conversion of St. Paul. It is also the final day of the week of prayer for Christian unity. In our prayers today, we remember and pray for Father Brighton Ward, the rector and the faithful of St. Paul's Church in the Bluff in Eleuthera. For Father Welcott Bain, the rector and the faithful of St. Paul's Church in Calabash Bay, Andros. And I also ask your prayers for me and the faithful of St. Paul's Parish Church here in South Long Island. We also remember in our prayers today Canon Crossley Walking, the Associate Priest of the Church of the Holy Spirit in Chippingham, who was ordained to the Sacred Priesthood on the Feast of the Conversion of St. Paul in 1984, and for Canon Basil Tynes, the Rector of St. Matthew's Church, New Providence, who was ordained to the Sacred Priesthood on the Feast of the Conversion of St. Paul in 1988. We read about the Feast of the Conversion of St. Paul from the new book of Festivals and Commemorations. This feast celebrates a momentous event, the sudden, dramatic, and radical change in Saul, the fanatical persecutor of the young church, who became Paul, the fool for Christ, the apostle to the nations. He who had set out to destroy the church spent his life building and extending it. This great triumph of the risen Christ over a dedicated enemy was of such decisive importance for the young church that the story of his conversion is told three times in the Acts of the Apostles. And Paul himself makes mention of this experience three times in his letters, Galatians 1, 11 through 16, 1 Corinthians 9, 1 through 12, and 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 11. The origin of the observance of the conversion of St. Paul is obscure. The commemoration seems to have begun in Gaul, as contrasted with the festival of Saints Peter and Paul, which began in Rome. In the 4th century martyrology of St. Jerome, the day is called the Translation of St. Paul, which suggests that the day may have begun as a celebration of the anniversary of the moving of the relics of Paul to his basilica outside Rome. The day does not seem to have been generally observed until about the 12th century. The festival was especially popular in Northern Europe, and this in addition to its biblical basis, perhaps accounts for the retention of the day on both Lutheran and Anglican calendars. The day was traditionally of lower rank than the Feasts of the Apostles, however, and in England it was retained on the calendar only with some difficulty. The day marks the conclusion of the week of prayer for Christian unity. The feast is not celebrated in the East. Let us pray. O God, 
by the preaching of your Apostle Paul, you have caused the light of the gospel to shine throughout the whole world. Grant, we pray, that we, having his wonderful conversion and remembrance, may show ourselves thankful to you by following his holy teaching. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. I am sending you out like sheep into the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of them, for they will hand you over to councils and flog you in their synagogues. And you will be dragged before governors and kings because of me, as a testimony to them and the Gentiles. When they hand you over, do not worry about how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you at that time. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Sibling will betray sibling to death, and the father his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all because of my name. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. The Gospel of Christ For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. In the Gospel reading today, Jesus warns his disciples of coming persecutions. This warning not only resonated with the Twelve, but also with those living at the time St. Matthew pens his Gospel account, and also with later readers of the Gospel in every age who experience persecution on account of Jesus. I often wonder how the disciples felt hearing these words of Jesus, that they would be handed over to councils or dragged before governors and kings and hated by all because of Jesus' name. Floggings, betrayal, arrests, even being put to death. Not the prettiest of things to hear and think about. This became their reality. The details of Jesus' warning, every detail, is experienced by his disciples. They hear the words of Jesus and then they come to live them. It may be troubling for many of us in this part of the world to hear, because more often than not, we don't expect danger and persecution, at least not in a physical way. In moments when Jesus' words come true for us and we find ourselves maligned and hurt for trying to be like Jesus, our response is often one of surprise and even anger. After all, many of us expect to be liked because we are followers of Jesus. What we find in the Gospel, especially in the resurrection of Jesus, is that tragedy is not the last word about life. The disciples also hear a comforting word. They need not worry about what sort of defense they are to make, about the words that they will need to use to speak truth to power. Theirs will be the life-affirming experience of having the Spirit of the Father speak through them. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Today we celebrate the conversion of St. Paul, 
and come once again to contemplate and reflect upon this mysterious, matchless grace of God, which is utterly transformative, as seen in the life of St. Paul. A grace which transforms Saul, once breathing threats and murder against the disciples, into Paul, the apostle of the Lord, who himself confessed, For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me has not been in vain. Many of the dangers and persecution, and even death, which followers of Jesus experience, St. Paul, who previously was a catalyst for, comes to experience it himself, and he writes about them. In 2 Corinthians eleven twenty four to 28 he writes, Five times I have received from the Jews the forty lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I received a stoning. Three times I was shipwrecked. For a night and a day I was adrift at sea, on frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from bandits, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea. Danger from falls, brothers and sisters, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, hungry and thirsty, often without food, cold and naked. And besides other things, I am under daily pressure because of my anxiety for all the churches. Yet in the midst of all he faced, St. Paul was utterly confident that he served God with a clear conscience and was able to face these trials and persecutions with the faith which holds so deeply to the reality that God will take care of him, that he is under the protection of the Almighty even in the midst of his daily troubles, and that in the midst of all the life-denying forces, in the midst of wolves, his trust was deeply rooted in God, the giver of life, to whom the glorious beauty of life belongs. So St. Paul comes mindful of the transformative work of God in him to be a faithful missionary, founding churches and encouraging people in their walk with Jesus, who he himself met on the Damascus Road. His words today, as new and fresh eyes read them and fresh ears hear them, still encourages, admonishes, strengthens, inspires, corrects, teaches, enlightens and uplifts. And though the second letter of Peter acknowledges that there are some things in some of St. Paul's letters which are hard to understand, we commit ourselves to the task of reading and reflecting upon them, thanking God that the Spirit of the Father spoke through St. Paul and contemplating at the same time how profoundly encouraging a reality it is that amidst the varied trials and struggles we face, God can speak through us today who read St. Paul's words and give thanks for his conversion. Amen. We pray together the Angelus. The angel of the Lord brought glad tidings to Mary and she conceived by the Holy Ghost. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of thy Son, Jesus Christ, was made known by the message of an angel, may by his cross and passion be brought to the glory of his resurrection through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Daily Devotions brought to you by the Anglican Diocese of the Bahamas and the Turks and Caicos Islands. Do share these devotions widely and have a happy and holy feast of the conversion of St. Paul.